listening to Law and Gospel on this March the 2nd in the year of our Lord, 2020. I'm Tom Baker, and we're taking a look at a lesson for this coming Sunday, the second Sunday in Lent. And it is one of the most popular passages in the entire Bible. John chapter 3. A lot of people talk about it as that wonderful nugget, diamond in the rough. But we're going to take a look at it, beginning with verse 1. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. We later discover that he's actually a member of the Sanhedrin, which is kind of like the Supreme Court of Judaism. Uh, they're, they're the ones that sentenced Jesus to death, sent him to Pontius Pilate, etc. But there were two of them that came to faith. One of them is Nicodemus. The other is Joseph of Arimathea. So, verse 2. This man came to Jesus by night. Why would he come at night? Well... He didn't want to be recognized. Remember, they said anybody who confesses that Jesus is the Christ would be removed from the synagogue. We, we find that happening to the man born blind in John chapter 9. He actually is removed from the synagogue when he confesses that Jesus is the one who healed him. So he comes to Jesus by night, Nicodemus, and says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. Now, he doesn't say that he believes Jesus to be the Messiah. He says instead that he's a teacher. And that word teacher is one who was concerned about the things of God as well as the duties of man. This is really kind of important that Nicodemus recognizes this from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Now, the word for sign is the same word used when Jesus feeds the 5,000. He says, but, you know, you saw the miracle, but you missed the sign. And... When Nicodemus uses the word sign, he's not talking about what the miracles point to. Remember when the disciples of John the Baptizer came to Jesus, how do we know you're the Messiah? He told them, well, the deaf hear, the blind see, etc. He pointed to the signs or miracles that Isaiah had talked about in prophesying what the Messiah would be like. But what Jesus said about the people who ate the feeding of the 5,000 plus women and children is that they missed the sign. They saw the miracle, but they jumped to the conclusion he would be an earthly king. And he, they missed the sign that he would be the Messiah. He was the new Moses because through Moses, God gave manna in the wilderness. Through Jesus, people ate bread and fish 
to the full. So, Nicodemus is only referring to the miracles. And unless God is with him, there is no way Nicodemus would imagine that he be able to do those miracles. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, that is a translation that really means unless one is born from above. But Nicodemus doesn't get it because he says immediately, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? So he's understanding Jesus to say somehow that you have to back in your mother's womb in order to be born. And he doesn't understand, therefore, what Jesus is saying. But Jesus makes it very clear that one needs to be born again. And that word, again, is translated, it means from a higher place. It also is used in context of things which come from heaven or from God. Now, if Jesus had just said, unless you are born, and didn't say the word again, then Nicodemus could be correct in saying, how can I get in my mother's womb? But by saying the word again, Jesus is making clear that this is from above. So Jesus answers him in verse 5 of John 3. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. This is really critical to understand because what Jesus is talking about is baptism. So born of water and the spirit. And the word spirit in each of the translations is capitalized, which refers to to the Holy Spirit. In other words, Jesus is saying that through water and the Spirit, you enter into the kingdom of God. It's a great passage for those who are teaching baptism because he says in verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Now, the word spirit is pneuma in the Greek, and it is two times in verse 6. Born of the spirit, that word is capitalized. Is spirit, that word is not capitalized. So what is Jesus saying? Born of the flesh. Born of the flesh means People attempt to do something to be saved. We can talk about every religion in the world. When man concocted every other religion in the world, 
that was a religion of the flesh. It didn't come from God. It came from man. And you cannot find one religion outside of Christianity that does not teach that you are saved by your obedience, by your life, by your taking a look at the commands of God and following them. That is of the flesh. That is what human nature, the old Adam, the devil, tries to get to think. And unfortunately, that's even true about some Christians. Uh, You can ask them, if you were to die tonight, would you go to heaven? Oh, yes, because I invited Christ into my heart. Or I attend church regularly. Or I read the Bible every day. And they'll give good works as the reason. But if you go to Matthew 25, the sheep and the goats, it appears that the sheep are going to heaven because they're doing these works, visiting people in prison, etc. But it's very clear from Matthew 25 that they're not going to heaven because of their works, but their works are evidence that they are Christian. God looks for works of the Spirit in a person, not as the reason why someone is going to heaven, but as the evidence that they have already been given faith by God and that faith trusts in the promises of God. So one is saved not through obedience, but through faith. It's kind of like a child. You you ask a child, who are your parents? And they'll give the names of their parents. Well, how do we know you're their children? Well, I live in their house. I eat the food that they give me. Uh, I wear the clothes that they provide me. They have a bed. They drive me around. None of those things are the reason why they are a child of those parents. They are actually results of having become a child either by being born or being adopted. And that's what is really important to understand here. If you're born of the flesh, guess what? You're only flesh. And that word flesh is used to talk about the old Adam. Do not marvel, Jesus says in verse 7, that you must be born. And then he says it again, again, which is from above, from a higher place, namely from God. This is important to understand. Baptism is not something we do to save ourselves in the sense that it's a good work. Baptism is actually a sacrament from God through which he provides the benefits of salvation. Just read Peter's sermon, Acts chapter 2. The people say, what are we going to do? You know, we have really had a problem because we killed the Messiah. Peter tells them not something they're to do, but something that God will do, be baptized as a passive. 
and you will receive the gift of the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is talking about to Nicodemus. Then in verse 8, Jesus says, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is everyone who is born of the Spirit. This is a great teaching of Christianity. The wind refers, of course, uh, in, in this situation, is translated as, again, from the word pneuma, which in the previous verse meant both the Holy Spirit and that we are of the Spirit. But in Genesis 1, the very first verses, it talks about the Spirit hovers over the waters. So he was also part of the creation of the world. But hovering over the waters, he was kind of like a wind and divided the waters from the land, etc. So the wind blows where it wishes. And we don't know a lot of times where it comes from. But that is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And Jesus uses the word born as the same item that he used in the previous verses, that you must be born again. To be born of the Spirit means to be born from above. The Spirit brings salvation. Very important that I don't know anywhere in the Bible where the Holy Spirit converts somebody apart from the use of the Word. Even infants in baptism of an infant, we use the Word of God and are assured that he that is baptized will be saved, unless they fall from the faith. Verse 9, Nicodemus, he's still really confused. How can these things be? He still hasn't understood. And then John kind of reprimand. I'm sorry, Jesus reprimands him in John chapter 3, verse 10. Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? You see, Jesus uses the same word in the Greek, didaskalos, that Nicodemus used to address him. We know you're a teacher from God. Now, we need to remember, all of the Greek is really a translation of what Jesus said, because he spoke Aramaic. But the fact that the Holy Spirit uses the same Greek word means that the background of the Aramaic is such that Jesus is referring to Nicodemus. The King James says, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? But the rest of the translations use the word teacher. For example, the New American Standard. Are are you the teacher of Israel and do not understand these things? Now, 
the word to understand is really the word know. And if you know Jesus, you understand him to be the Savior of the world. In other words, a lot of times the word know refers to having faith. And all you had to do was go to the Old Testament. There are passages there where people are saved by receiving water. John 3.11. Truly, truly, Jesus says, uh, other translations, verily, verily. In other words, this is really important to Nicodemus. I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. Wow. There Jesus is clearly talking about his divine character. We know these things. I'm God, and I bear witness to what I have said. The the word for witness, by the way, is the word used for those who are Christians and do bear witness. It comes from the word martuario, which is martyrs. And martyrs were a witness to the faith of God. Jesus says, verse 12, I have told you earthly things, and you do not believe. How can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? What's Jesus referring to? Well, I've told you earthly things, and that was seen through the miracles, that he truly is the Son of God, the Messiah to be sent. But they do not believe it. So how are you going to believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. That term Son of Man is used in the Old Testament a number of times to refer to the coming of the Messiah. And the one who is the Messiah is none other than Jesus Christ. He is the Son of Man because he descended from heaven as a human being, became incarnate for the purpose of dying. And now he's going to explain to Nicodemus how that death is going to occur. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now, what's Jesus referring to? Well, he's referring to the crucifixion, where he will be lifted up. The same word used to lift up the serpent, Jesus uses to lift up the Son of Man. And as the serpent was put on a pole, and people would look to it and be healed of their poisonous bites, so also Jesus is lifted up on the cross, and all who know and look to him, that is, have faith, are saved. In fact, Jesus says that in John 3.15, that whoever not obeys him, but whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's really critical, that it's through faith 
that a person is saved, not through obedience. And then we get to the verse everybody kind of knows. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever, what, believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And that word believe is, of course, the word faith. You can't read the Bible anywhere and find that a person is saved by their works. Now, I've often said that any verse of the Bible can be taken one of two ways, the wrong way and the right way. The wrong way, or I should say the right way, is that God creates faith in a person, and therefore they have eternal life. The wrong way is, okay, it's two parts. God loved the world, he gave his only son. That's what God did. Then whoever believes in him should not perish. That's what I have to do. As though belief is something that an unbeliever can do. Uh, Luther's favorite book from his point of view, Bondage of the Will, was all about that an unbeliever cannot believe through free will. We don't have free will in the area of religious matters, spiritual matters. It's always a gift from the Holy Spirit as he works through the word of God. And then Jesus gives the real reason for his mission. John three seventeen. For God, referring to the Father, did not send his Son... Uh, referring to Jesus, into the world to condemn the world. That word condemn means to separate us from God, to select us and send us to hell is really the background of this. In other words, to judge us in a way that we're condemned. Jesus coming into the world. Well, what was the purpose? But in order that the world might be saved through Jesus. And the world there, uh, the Greek is cosmos, where we, of course, get the word cosmos. (laughs) And that also shows that the entire world, every person, was forgiven their sins from the cross. We call that objective justification, that when God died on the cross, he gave salvation possible to every person. Some say, well, how come everybody doesn't go to heaven? Because you're not saved because your sins have been forgiven. You're saved because you receive that gift of the forgiveness of sins. Now, you can have a Christmas gift your parents got for you, but if you don't go home to see them, guess what? You don't get received the gift. The gift is still yours, but you didn't go home at Christmas, and therefore you didn't yet receive the gift. So the world might be saved through him. And that word saved means to keep safe and sound, to rescue 
from danger. And the danger, of course, is being in the prison of Satan. Well, you are safe from that. So, gun free, tremendous passage. It's very good for talking to unbelievers about the mission of Jesus and how he saved us. That we're saved through faith, not by works. Join us in tomorrow's Law and Gospel. I'm Tom Baker. God bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.